1: flyweight champion of the world.
2: This is Fast Eddie Chambers and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man Joey Coastman.
3: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 295 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by the main man Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie how you doing my man?
2: I'm good, my man. How about you?
3: Always, always, always good when speaking with you. So, this is another episode. Episode 295. Of course, we're going to get into the reviewing in just a few seconds. Um, We're going to have two guests once again. It was going to be three at one point. Then, um, it's not looking really like the the third one's going to happen. But, you never know on this show. It it could end up happening late on. As it stands, two guests uh, that, that we have at the minute um both both undefeated one prospect one reigning world champion we will get to that later on but let's start though with the the review part of the show we're going to start here in Morelos in Mexico at the Hotel Holiday Inn. One fight to mention from last Friday. It took place over here. Um David Lemieux now forty three and four. A TKO in the second round against David Zagara, who's now thirty four and five. Didn't watch that fight, but That's the result there. Moving out now to St. Petersburg, Russia. Over here, Fedor Chudinov, former world champion, now 24-2 with a draw. a Unanimous decision over 12 rounds against Rhino Liebenberg. The teak-tough, you know, not really at that top level. It was expected there, I think. Uh, Chudinov with the win, like I say. Liebenberg now 21-8 with a draw. That one was for the WBA gold World super middleweight title. Not even sure what that belt even is. Anyway, Liebenberg was down in the ninth round, just to throw that in there. On the undercard of that, by the way, Mikhail Aloyem returned to the ring. He's now six and one. A retirement win for him after eight rounds when his opponent, Alexander. Um Hrishak, who now has a record of sixteen and five, retired on his stall at the end of the eighth. Like I say, a lawyer now six and one. That one loss came to Zelani Tete in the World Boxing Super Series. That one was also for a WBA gold um super flyweight title. Moving out now to the Sheffield Arena car park. Over here, um, it it literally was in a car park. We had the return of former British welterweight champion Bradley Skeet, friend of the show, one of the good guys. Um, He's now 29-3. and It took him only three rounds to get Dow Arrowsmith out of there. Dow Arrowsmith, a journeyman. um, Everyone knows that. You know, his record's now um, two wins, 42 losses and a draw, but... Bradley Skeet becomes only the fifth guy to stop him, so he's usually quite hard to get out of there, but he did it in three rounds. Quite impressive, especially after coming off two years out. And on the undercard, John Fuchs, coming off a seven-year layoff, got in there against Jordan Granham and won every round against him. Granham, um, another journeyman, 5-74 and 74 with two draws. John Fuchs now 22-2 two with two draws. In his timeout, he, like I say, was the trainer of... Um, Kell Brook for a while. I think one fight. Moving out now to Germany. Ajit Kabayel now 21-0. A unanimous decision win over 12 rounds against Kevin Kingpin Johnson. Um, that one was for the WBA continental heavyweight title. Johnson, um, do you know what, Eddie? You're going to ha- probably have something to say on this. Johnson's record now, 35 wins, 18 losses and a draw. I... I know that you know he's he's well well past it now, and he is such a tough tough guy, so hard to stop. Um, but I I just. You know, I like Kevin Johnson. When you hear him speak, he's a nice guy. He's a funny guy. He's charismatic. He speaks well. He's a good speaker. He's a good talker. Always has been. I think he likes to play the piano. He's a colorful guy. But I don't really want to see him keep turning up and, and losing every... Well, not losing every round, because he didn't lose every round here. It was wide in the end, and he and he came to get, uh, to give it a go. And I think he was coming off a win last time out. But, you know... I don't want to see him getting like brain damage or something from turning into a heavyweight journeyman because there aren't many heavyweight journeymen and that's for a reason. You can't stick around long, you know, getting hit in the head. And he gets hit in the head a hell of a lot and once upon a time he truly was a top contender. It's such a such a, you know, such a a fall from grace if you like from where he is now and I don't want it to carry on too
2: long. Yeah, no, I, I I 100% agree, 100%. Um, I remember Kevin from, I've actually, you know, he was he used to talk a little crap on me, you know what I mean when he was on when he was at his height, and, you know, on his way up, but uh, <laughs> he's uh, it is he, he was a great he's a great character even now he's still a real cool guy and everything, but to continue to to see him going downhill like that now, I know for him it may be. Him, him, he's, he's chasing something in his mind that he wants to chase. But after a while, it starts to look bad. It looks, you know, as you start thinking of Roy Jones and how great of a fighter Roy Jones was at his height. And you think about all of these fights now recently that he had and how he's, how he's looked, and, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just a, it kind of destroys his legacy for some people because some of these younger people don't know him as Roy Jones, the great, because they would never see him at that time, you know? So, you know, I'm looking at Kevin Johnson now. Kevin Johnson never reached, reached that level. You know what I mean? He was, you know, a good fighter. A lot of people know him and respected him. But now it's just starting to look, you know, it's getting a little out of line. You know what I mean? It's getting to the point where even if he does win, now if he goes and fights some cans and beats some guys and, you know, just wants to beef the record up and or maybe retire on a win, that's fine. But to keep on going and pounding against your head, you know what I mean, with these big guys and, and, and taking chances, it's is just not worth it. You know what I mean? I, I would like to see him walk away with all his faculties, you know?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I agree 100%. Um, what you said brought me on to two other things. Roy Jones, it's looking like he will be back in an exhibition in Mexico against Carlos Molina. We shall see. That's what's being spoken about right now behind the scenes um and in other news you 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 talk about you know those young people that don't know how how good roy jones was and these kind of fights that he had towards the end diminish his 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 um legacy diminish his um yeah i guess legacy is the right word really um yeah. you know Th- that that is, I'm sure, something we're going to get onto because um, Eddie Hearn said something that I thought was really clever after watching the the uh, the, the the Mayweather fight. You know, young kids are going to watch that fight and go, "What? This guy is the best ever!" You know, if you've never yeah. seen him fight before. Oh boy, we'll get to that though. Um, moving out now to the Telford International Centre in Shropshire, United Kingdom. Over here um, on the undercard. Tommy Fury, now 6-0, and he took on an undefeated fighter for the first time, um, Jordan Grant, who was 2-0, um, I think there was a lot of backlash after they announced Tommy Fury's original opponent, which I think he only had losses, I think it was like double figure losses somewhere, anyways, he gets in with Jordan Grant, not everyone felt he deserved to win the fight. I don't think anyone actually thought he deserved to lose. But there were some people calling that it should have been a draw. It was over four rounds. It's very, very easy to have scores all over the place over four rounds. Um, he was, it seemed like, I don't want to say hurt, but certainly caught in the first round. Um I missed the fight, to be honest. I only saw little clips of it, but he's six and oh, I'm pleased for him. Elsewhere on the card, we had a win for Nathan Heaney. He's now twelve and oh, I think he did quite well to get Ilya Markov out of there in three rounds. It was a body shot. Markov now 6-15 and with two draws. And topping that bill, Daniel Dubois. The return for him, it was for the vacant WBA interim heavyweight world title. God knows how. But he's now 16-1. and A KO in the second round against Bogdan Dinu, who's now 20-3. Um, Dinu was knocked out. Um, by a right hand early on in the second round I think the first round he kind of came to give it a go dinu and very quickly as soon as he tasted the power in the second round he stayed down I think he could have got back up but he didn't fancy it which was really um, nice for me because I had a couple bets that the fight was only gonna last two rounds and it it, it was over very quickly in the second but yeah yeah um, as as expected, to be honest, Bogdan Dinu, you know, it's a good comeback fight, a good confidence booster for Daniel Dubois. And he gets him out of there quicker than anyone else has. I think he was knocked out in four by Jarrell Big, big, big Baby Miller and knocked out in seven by Pulev. So, bit of a statement in some ways. Um, but, yeah, good to see the big man back. All the best to Daniel Dubois. Moving out now, though, to the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. Uh, This one was the the, the Mayweather-Paul fight. We're going to talk about the main event. I cannot believe it, but we are going to talk about the main event in a minute. But starting with the undercard, Badu Jack... Moved to 24-3 and three with three draws, a TKO in the fourth round against the previously undefeated Dervin Kalina, who stepped in at late notice, 15-0, I think he was from Argentina, down three times, he had two points deducted for fouls, the referee was straight on his case for holding. Um, yeah, Badu Jack, I didn't think he was going to get him out of there within four rounds, I thought that could have even gone to, to, to points, to be honest, but good win for him, but still not sure how good Kalina was. Elsewhere on the undercard, a very underwhelming performance by Jarrett Hurd, former 154 World Champion. He's now 24-2. A split decision loss over 10 rounds to Luis Arias, friend of the show. I was really pleased for Arias. He certainly stole the show. He's now 19-2 with a draw. He was down in the ninth round, Arias, as well, so he had a 10-8 round scored against him, even though it looked like it was a slip, because there was a lot of water in the middle of the ring the referee stopped it a few times for, for this random guy to come in with a towel and try and dry up the, uh, the surface um, but bizarre performance from herd and like I was saying uh, before we went on air eddie i had a hundred pound bet and all i needed to happen on this accumulator bet was that herd would win the fight by any method and he was massive to to, to, to win the fight in terms of the bookies and the numbers you had to put 20 pounds down just to win one pound back that's how sure they were that herd would win and i think Hurd was coming off about i think he was coming off about um, eighteen months out of the ring, something like that. But Arias, I think, was coming off about twenty-three months out of the ring. So um, I think Arias was definitely coming off longer layoff, uh, a longer amount of time out of the ring. I think five months more than than Hurd. But um, yeah, Arias boxed really well. Hurd was awful. His um, his his defense was was non-existent. Like it to be honest. Um, has has been for a lot of his career but never this bad and the you know the way he was being hurt it seemed you know he was getting tagged way too cleanly uh lewis arias was out hustling him on the inside he was all over heard at distance whenever heard had it at distance he failed to capitalize on anything and he just couldn't, couldn't impose his size on 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 arias and you know arias was super tired towards the end of the fight but he could not do anything, heard, and his punches were like tap, tip, tap kind of shots. It was really, really frustrating um, watching the fight unfold. But like I say, really, really pleased for Luis Arias, who hasn't had a great career. I remember when he was with um, he was with Mayweather Promotions, and. They got rid of him without really telling him. And I think he turned up at the gym with a with a, with a a cell phone, tried to take a video of Floyd getting out of the car, going into the gym. And he said, Floyd, Floyd, why have you let me go out of the contract? What's going on? And Floyd's ignoring him and everyone's t- telling Arias to go away. And it was really kind of, you know, c- weird the way that they... They parted ways, and he went about his business on his own, racked up a couple of losses, hasn't really looked like he's going to do anything at the top level, but this win by far is the best win of his career. Um, like I say, really pleased for him. He stole the show, and the main event, I cannot believe we're talking about it, but Logan Paul against <laughs> against Floyd Mayweather. Um, do you know what? I had a little bit of a Twitter back and forth with friend of the show, a guy that I like. Uh, Leon McKenzie, former former um, pro fighter, um, former soccer player, term pro fighter. But anyways, basically, we were having this kind of back and forth because I, I tweeted that Floyd, you know, some people say, Floyd let McGregor have success early in an attempt to tire McGregor out and stop him late. Okay, I've got no problem with that statement. But here tonight, he fought a YouTuber that tried... Uh, sorry, a YouTuber that he tried to knock out from round three onwards and he didn't even hurt the guy. Um, you know, and that was what it was. Logan Paul came out, you know, um, trying to give it a go for the first two rounds and then he 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 completely shot his load. He wasn't sitting down in between rounds. He was like kind of stretching, you know, you know stretching over the ropes. He, he was really tired and Mayweather went on the front foot and tried to knock him out from round three. And like I say, from round three, four, five, six, seven, eight, couldn't hurt him at all. He hit him with a couple of good shots, and in the end, Eddie, I don't know if you've seen the punch stats,
2: right? Yeah, I didn't see him no.
3: Okay, so I'm gonna give you the punch stats actually. Here, this is, this is um, quite unbelievable when when you hear this. So, okay, so Logan, so 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 Floyd Mayweather threw fourteen jabs in in uh, eight rounds. He threw um, 93 power shots. So all in all, he threw um, 107 punches. Um, What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan Paul threw 73 jabs against Floyd's 14. Logan Paul threw 144 power shots against Floyd's 93. And that brings Logan Paul's... Um, total punches thrown to 217 against Mayweather's 107. So he pretty much out for him by double, by more than double. Um, yeah. Horrendous, horrendous and really embarrassing to be honest with you. Cause like we said, people will watch that and go, what, this guy is the best boxer ever. And, and wow, it, it was embarrassing. And I don't want to see Floyd in a ring um, ever again, any kind of ring, to be honest with you. Um, for for any exhibitions or anything he should have knocked the guy out very very quickly it doesn't matter about size this is the thing that me and Leon McKenzie couldn't see eye to eye on Um, you know he was trying to tell me ah, you know he's he's 41 and I'm saying but he's not a normal 41 he's not a guy who who has took punishment is washed up you know took a load of losses this guy lives and eats clean you know he's a young 41 if he's even 41 maybe he's 40 i can't remember now however old he is he's a, he's not he, he's not his age he's a incredibly fit guy and just because logan paul is 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 taller than him by 6 inches and outweighs him by 35 pounds i think it was that doesn't mean that floyd can't knock him out the guy is is only just finding out how to block a punch you know like this the the depth in uh, the, sorry, the gap in class, the gap in skills, the gap in experience, it didn't matter about size, you know? What would someone like Nonito Donair have done to, to, to Jake Paul? I think he'd have knocked him spark out. So I don't really understand what Leon McKenzie was trying to, what point he was trying to make. We just couldn't see eye to eye. But um, I like Leon, but we just didn't agree on that. That was all, um, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think, Eddie? I mean, th- th- there's... I yeah, yeah. Forget what I say. Go on, go on.
2: No, no. I, my thing is a guy thirty five pounds heavier is it obviously is a crazy a, a, a lot of weight. But I've dealt with that several times in my career. Now, with no, but I'm trying
3: fighters. to say. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Eddie. I just want to say that thirty five pounds at heavyweight, I understand, is completely different. I understand that if you're fighting, a, if you're if you're two forty and you're fighting a guy who's two seventy five or, or whatever. I understand that's not as, as significant as a guy who is 147, or in this case, I think for the fight, he was one 152 or something. I think Floyd was, something yeah. like that. But, you know, I understand that, that that's a bigger now, difference.
2: It is, but the smaller the smaller you get, yeah, obviously, the more. So me being 205 fighting a guy that was 244, that, especially with the height, that makes a difference. That really does make a difference. But With all that being said, I was able to compete with guys that were elite, you know what I'm saying? And were that much bigger than me. So when I look at Floyd, I'm figuring, well, him being 290, I mean 290, 190 pounds versus Floyd being, or even if he was 200 pounds versus Floyd being 155, I mean, I think it's it's almost like a fair fight. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? In a sense, because... Logan Paul has the size. He has all that stuff on him. And Floyd has, of course, the experience, the level, of uh, the power, the skill, everything in his favor. However, as much as it, when you look at the age, you factor all those things in. I'm not saying it. I'm not trying to make any excuses for Floyd. I'm just saying that he's not going to be as good as he was. However, it won't take a Floyd as good as he was to beat a Logan Paul. I don't know about the knockout thing because... As much as it's, – it's hard for people to understand sometimes, but it's not easy to knock a person out. It's not. Like, it, it may seem like – it's easy to knock a person out if they don't know anything. You know what I mean? Anything. You know what I'm saying? But it's not easy when you're in there fighting another fighter to knock them out, especially with that big weight disparity. Now, granted, I feel like Floyd still could have. I feel like Floyd, if, like, you know, he stayed to, to the body. But if he would have got in there and threw more punches, I didn't even know that – that was the amount of punches he was threw. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He would have had to be a little bit busier knowing that he's fighting a guy that's a little bit bigger or a lot bigger. He's going to have to put punches together and maybe overwhelm him, but it's just kind of like a shock to hear that he only threw, was it, how many punches? Was it 107?
3: Um, It was, yeah, I think it was 107, yeah.
2: That's unbelievable. And I feel like, but I just feel like Floyd is Floyd is supposed to be Floyd. I right? and I get it, it's not going to be the same, yeah. you know. At the end of the day, I don't think he trained like he would train for a real fight. You know what I mean? I think he just really didn't care much what he did. I mean, he probably the pads a little. Probably did, you know, working out. He was saying he was working out like three times a week. You know, I can believe that, you know, because obviously with the performance and the effort put in, just wasn't, you know. It's just what would you expect from Floyd Mayweather you see, know what I mean? uh, Floyd Mayweather in general. But see,
3: see, you say this. I mean, Ishae Smith went on went on Twitter afterwards and said you could look at Floyd's body and tell he didn't train. That's what he said. However, yeah. I have yeah. I can't name any names, but I've spoken to one person who is a is a close friend of mine that has been in the gym with Floyd. I think last. Or, maybe 2 weeks ago and he said he's never seen anyone work out the way Floyd worked out like it was incredible. So that goes the other way. That 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 that's a complete counter statement. And then also someone else and I know, was telling me that they've never seen this is someone else as well who lives in Vegas. They were telling me that they've never seen Floyd work out for any fight the way he worked out for this one. So I'm hearing completely conflicting statements but from people that that have that have seen him working out um you know i know ishe smith was obviously part of the team and stuff like that and he said what he said based on what he saw with his eyes about floyd's body but apparently floyd took this really seriously and you know he didn't even really want to give an interview before the fight on the fight night um you know until he was talked into it um he, he was taking it really seriously and it was embarrassing because um he he really did go for it, Eddie. I know you haven't seen the fight, but he was hitting on the break. He was he was loading up with shots, like so aggressive. He was, you know, left Going. hooks. He he was throwing lead left hooks. He was he was hitting him in the body with everything he had. He he was fighting a little bit dirty at times, you know? He was yeah. desperate to get him out of there. He just couldn't do it. And that's what made it so kind of embarrassing for, for, for boxing you know like this guy's come in here with no boxing skills and gone the distance gone eight rounds and he was absolutely Wait. spent after two rounds eddie and he, he managed to hang yeah. in there for another six
2: i no, i understand but floyd even for his weight wasn't a puncher. so even though he's fighting a guy who's inexperienced maybe not the best at taking shots is bigger. It's harder. It's not as easy to knock up, knock up. I told you, it's not as easy as it may seem. You know what I mean to get the guys out of there, especially one is just trying to survive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And he was trying to survive from what I understood. I didn't really watch any of it, so I can't really, you know, say I know he was holding a lot. Towards, you know, they were saying he was holding, throwing, a, he would throw a couple jabs and hold or something like that. But like to me, all it was it just showed how, how old Floyd is now how much he really – now, I'm not saying he didn't train hard when he was in the gym, but that doesn't mean that he was training like he was getting ready for a serious fight. And I don't I don't know how serious he was about this if he fought the way he did. You know what I mean? Maybe he got in there and figured out that the kid wasn't – was a little stronger or a little better than he thought, and then maybe then he's like, man, I'm just trying – let me just hurry up and try to get this guy – or figure out a way to get this guy out here so, we, so I don't look too bad. He could have been trying to do it that way, and that could have been the issue. But Floyd, and even Floyd at 40, and I think he's 44 now. Floyd at 39 or 40 would have—I mean, I don't even know. if he, I don't, I, Honestly, I really can't say that. because Floyd's style is not—he especially these last how many years he's been fighting, he ain't been trying to get nobody out of it. You know what I'm saying? That's just—you know—and then he tries to do it. It's really out of his character, you know, especially of late. I don't know. I'm not making excuses for him at all. You know what I mean? Fight is a fight is a fight. You know what I mean? That's why it's time that's why when you when you look like he did in this fight from what I'm hearing from people, that means it's time to retire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like I say, Look at Roy. Look how many times he fought when he was way past and getting knocked out by guys that couldn't carry his jock strap in the suitcase.
3: Same I know day, Eddie, but they were fighters.
2: Regardless of whether they were fighters or not, if if Roy Jones fought like, he fought, I remember he fought this guy that was like, a, I don't know. I don't know. He won a pull or something so he could fight Roy Jones, and Roy ended up knocking him out. Yeah, they were also the same weight, too. You know what I'm saying? It's, this is a different thing. I'm telling you, if you ever got in there with somebody that was a lot bigger than you, even if they're not as skilled, it's going to take twice the effort. I know for a fact. I mean, I've dealt with it. I've been in there with guys who weren't quite as good as me. You know, not even not quite. I'm going to say were nowhere near as good as, but because they were. Matter of fact, I got one on YouTube right now. It's funny, Joe. You, you, uh, you brought it up one time when we were talking about it. That guy doesn't really have any boxing skills, but he's about six five, about two fifty. I was about six one two ten or something when I fought him, and he went the distance. He's actually a fighter. He actually been in the ring with. a, Two different guys. Yeah, but, but I couldn't get him up.
3: Yeah, but he's a fighter. He's been in with a few guys. This is Logan Paul who lost to a to a YouTuber. No, no.
2: I, I I I I yeah, I am not <laughs>
3: there's there's I'm no totally way we agree. can we can dress this up. It was just downright <laughs> embarrassing for the sport. It was bad. It was bad
2: it was bad for Floyd. It was bad it was bad in the sense that he shouldn't have he shouldn't have done it if he was gonna be the way he was.
3: And I also heard That's- I also yeah. heard, Eddie, that like he was going to score Logan Paul, he was going to stop him, and he was going to look really good, and it was going to build for a second fight with Jake Paul. And therefore, Floyd would get two paydays, the brothers would get a payday each. Could you imagine the build-up for that, for that fight against Jake Paul if he looked really good and knocked Logan Paul out in front of all those YouTube kids that would have been watching it, staying up
2: late, you know? It wouldn't have happened. I don't think Logan... If he beats Logan Paul up like that... Unless, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he looked that good, beat up on Logan Paul. I don't know that Jake Paul would have to take the chance. No, I, don't I, mean, I don't
3: know. Jake Paul's not trying to, you know, he's not trying to, uh, I don't think, carve out a, a great boxing resume. He's here for the money. And the money no, for that no. fight would have been worth taking
2: that that ass whooping he'd have got. Well, saying that, I'm not so
3: sure based on what I saw from Floyd the other night. <laughs>
2: I don't think he's, I don't think Floyd wants to do that shit. Uh, you know, know why, yo? You sit, listen, let me tell you, you sitting on your couch. Well, I ain't saying Floyd been sitting on the couch, but you know what I mean? You've been basically just going around, enjoying your life, eating, whatever, doing whatever, drinking. I'm not saying Floyd eats and drinks whatever all the time, but I know he does sometimes. He's a human being. And then all of a sudden, you got to turn, you turn off all those feelings toward fighting, you know, off. You know what I mean? They're not really. I, I'm just telling you from experience but I'm feeling, it. and all of a sudden now somebody says you got this guy just challenging you, and you think you could possibly make another eight-figure payday, and uh, and then but then all those feelings you had toward boxing, you know what I mean? Like a lot of those, you know that, that that animal that comes out, you know what I'm saying? Like as a fighter, you know what I'm talking about. You would know what I'm talking about, and you know just as an athlete in general, you. Once you get to a certain point, it's all about fun. It's all about relaxing, especially when you got money, like, and you don't really have to have that edge. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he has the edge. I don't think that's really what it is. It's like if he got in the gym seriously, maybe for six months, got a couple little easy fights under his belt or a easy fight or something under his belt, obviously, like, this would be considered one of them. But you know what I'm saying? To, To actually get back in there and compete again, then maybe he would actually get in there with somebody not necessarily an elite fighter, but somebody who's decent, nah. and actually look kind of like Floyd again. Nah. But I don't because think you so. turn this shoot off, huh? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I can tell you. I can guarantee you. I would pay good money for this. I would bet anyone good money if Floyd seriously got the thing is he's not willing to at this point. He's done with his career. You know what I'm saying? His skills couldn't have eroded so much that a guy like Jake Paul could beat him, or even get in the ring his last. No, no, like no. I don't
3: think Jake. I
2: don't.
3: I. I, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds moronic. That's- it sounds moronic to say yeah. that, but. It does. But after it what does. I saw, oh
2: my lord. No, but hear what I'm saying. His skills couldn't have eroded that much. That's not possible. He still can do it. The problem then becomes it's the mindset. I'm telling you, boxing, and most sports in general, are just, almost. Almost, it's it's ninety percent mental skill and all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's you know that's a part of that ten percent, or let's just say eighty percent. You know, that rest of that twenty percent is skills and all that other stuff. But your mind plays a huge role. I'm telling you, as, as confident as Floyd was, as great as a, a fighter as Floyd was, his mind, believe it or not, I don't care what no one says, was not he wasn't able to light the fire like that switch. I'm telling you. I know what it's like. I've been in there and I've sparred and shit after like eight months and and I still felt something. I still had a little something. There's been times I got in there after two weeks and I just like, man, I don't really feel like you know what I'm saying? You don't feel like doing it. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's, sometimes it's hard and with him, he's totally into the retirement thing. He, he doesn't feel like I don't want to get my body beat on no more. You know what I mean? He don't want to start having those things with those spells where you forget shit. You know, now his mind is, is, oh, my mind is going, I took too many punches, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Those thoughts are in his head. He got kids. He's thinking about his his daughter's graduation and all that shit. I'm telling you, his head's not in the right space to be fighting. That's why. I'm not making an excuse. This is not an excuse. This is the actual reason. He would have, at, at, at any point in his career before this, at any point, old or young, whatever, when people said Floyd was past it or whatever, he, he could have been off for I don't know six months like he did and then came back and fought he would have not Jake Paul wouldn't have lasted he would have, I mean not Jake Paul Logan Paul he would have got eight up but I'm telling you at this this stage his mind is not in it no more I'm telling you why do you think he said after that I'm not, I doubt that I'm gonna do this unless unless it makes crazy sense like seventy four million dollars sense again maybe he'll do it then because it's like okay I'll take a chance but re- the reality of it is. Why, when you know when you already got all the money you need, you know what I'm saying? Just bow out like this and don't ruin your legacy. All right. Because it's not convenient. Go ahead. I I want to move
3: on from this because it's 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 (laughs) tedious. But I swear to God, if I was Jake Paul, watching that the other day, if I was Jake Paul, he's a little bit crazy, you know. He's shown that he's taking boxing seriously. I don't dislike him like a lot of people do. I think he's okay. Um, If he saw what happened the other day, he should be saying, "Let's have a real fight on the records, no exhibition." That would make me—I'd be licking my lips if I was him. I swear, that's how bad Floyd was, and that I understand how stupid and retarded that sounds. I'm not trying to sound like an idiot. But that's how bad it was. No. I actually feel like I'm some kind of WWE fan, like talking fake BS. <laughs> like, that's how it was that bad. It was that bad, honestly. He needs a walking stick, and he needs banning from, from his own gym. It was so bad. Anyways. I know.
2: <laughs> I know how it looked. Anyways. I'm just telling you from experience and from me watching people even older than Floyd fight, they look better than that just because they were in the right frame of mind. I'm telling you, okay. he's not in that he's not in the right frame of mind.
3: Okay. But anyway, that's it for the review part of the show. Just before we wrap up part 1, the final thing to do is to welcome our first guest on this week's podcast ladies and gentlemen please welcome one of my very favorite fighters to speak to and to watch it is of course the undefeated wba super lightweight world champion mr mario barrios mario welcome back on the show my friend how are you
1: i'm doing well man It'll be always a pleasure being back on absolutely
3: always a pleasure having you on so mario first things first we we last caught up back in november after your win over ryan carl it's been a while since then how's things been
1: Oh man, things have been great. You know, been um been out here in the in the Bay Area uh, getting ready, you know, for the you know, big fight June 26th. But uh you know, family's good. The, the team is out here. They're they're all good. They're all they're all happy. And um yeah, man, just you know, putting in my work every day, just doing what I have to to be prepared.
3: Absolutely. In your next fight, you mentioned it's been announced as part of this amazing Showtime boxing schedule. They announced the, the lineup back in April. You're boxing Javonte Davis June 26th in Atlanta. Firstly, tell me your thoughts on Javonte as a fighter, Mario, a guy that you probably didn't really think you'd end up boxing a few years ago when he was down at, let's say, I don't know, super featherweight.
1: Yeah, no. You know, um, I wasn't you know expecting to hear to hear his name getting brought up as an opponent for me. But, you know, I mean, Javante Davis is, you know, he's he's a great fighter. He has had a lot of success, you know, in, you know, the the lower divisions. But, you know, now, you know, he's coming up to fight me. And, I mean, it's a dangerous fight for him. You know, but at the same time, you know, he is a dangerous opponent. And, you know, I know he's he's versatile. You know, he has speed. He has, He's very explosive, um, you know, so th- th- this is this is gonna be a very exciting fight. And your
3: last fight was on that Davis Santa Cruz undercard where Davis scored probably the best knockout of 2020 that uppercut from hell. Um, did you see that fight from ringside?
1: Uh, I actually did not, man. <laughs> okay. I uh, I, I had been in camp for such a long time. And, uh, of course, I mean, the, the, the fight was back in San Antonio, you know, my hometown. So you know, as soon as I fought, you know, as soon as I got, I got the victory, I, I walked out of there. I, I got some, some, some mini tacos, and then I, I went straight home.
3: <laughs> okay. And I remember when we last spoke, I was I was telling you how impressed I was with your win over Batir Akhmadov. Akhmadov was obviously a southpaw. Um, I think you would have learned more in that Akhmadov fight than in all of your other fights combined. Was that the perfect kind of fight needed, educational-wise, before stepping in against another dangerous southpaw like Davis?
1: Uh, you know, man, you're one of the few people that you know that that sees it that way, you know, and that's exactly how you know I've been looking at it, man. Uh, a lot of people that they, they've been they'll bring up the Acquaviva fight as if it was something negative, and I'm like, man, like that fight it, it happened at the perfect time, you know, and um, I I would honestly would wouldn't have it any other way.
3: Yeah, perfect, and I I agree. We're we're like Mario and Luigi, my friend. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Javante, I believe, I think he's he's five five foot five and a half. I think they say some people, you know, they feel he's too small for lightweight, let alone super lightweight. However, I guess it can be dangerous to believe in that statement too much. Do you feel he's too small for lightweight? Do you think that punch power that he has will carry up?
1: Um, you know, like that's uh, that's one of the the main questions. You know, I mean, you know, not only. From um, a lot of boxing fans, you know, boxing media, but um, in preparation for this fight, you know, we're we're going into this fight, you know, with the uh, with the mentality, you know, that they he's carrying his power, you know, we're um, we're taking this fight, you know, as as all my other fights, you know, and um, well as you know, he's a, he's a very you know dangerous opponent, you know. So I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm doing whatever I I had to, you know, to be. To be ready for whatever he brings,
3: comes come on the twenty sixth. And a win here would literally catapult you into another dimension in terms of worldwide recognition. They still talk about Javonte as the heir to the Mayweather throne. If you win here, you crush those pay per view dreams. You take that O that they want him to keep until he's probably forty nine 0 Um <laughs> Have you have you thought that far ahead, Mario?
1: uh yeah no i mean that uh, absolutely you know uh that's a, one of the, you know the the biggest things that um uh, that we we liked about this fight man uh whether i i have been saying it you know plenty of times you know what whether you you like davis or not you know he has one of the biggest names in the in the sport you know he has the type of name that even if you're not a boxing fan you know you you know who he is so i mean you're absolutely correct, man. I, I believe this is the type of fight that will catapult, you know, my name. And given we go go out there and handle our our, our business, um, how we're planning to. Yeah, for sure.
3: And I also want to get your reaction to a fantastic fight that took place in your division. Uh, the the undisputed fight, Taylor Ramirez. Um, you know, it was a fight that we were, I think, including yourself, were all looking forward to. The fight played out, um, you know, really interestingly. It lived up to the expectation. What was your reaction to the fight? I'm sure you watched it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely watched it. We, um, we watched it here with my team in camp. Um, I thought, you know, Josh Taylor you know had an excellent performance um you know shout out to Ramirez also you know who you know always goes in there and gives it his all but you know now we know there's there's a unified champion in my division so i mean you know not looking past anything you know uh right now you know my eyes are set on davis but i mean i would definitely i would love a crack at at Josh Taylor you know in the in the future
3: and just finally, Mario, if you've got any closing words, the guys that I speak to over here in the UK, a hell of a lot of them want you to win this fight. They're behind you. What's your closing message to those guys, and of course, everyone else that's supporting you in this upcoming fight?
1: Oh man, shout out to you know to everybody out there, you know, overseas, you know, whether it's the UK or, like I said, just anywhere overseas. Man, I appreciate the sport. You know, I've definitely I have felt a lot of a lot of the love. Especially, man, with this fight being announced and everything, and um, I mean, it's definitely appreciated. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, again, I mean, thank you, you know, for taking time out, you know, for talking to me again. Uh, it's it, it, it's always fun.
3: It is always fun. It is. But listen, Mario, you you already know. Like I say, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck for June 26th. I
1: appreciate you, Joey. You have a great day.
3: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. Not too much news to mention at the moment. Uh, just just a couple of things, I guess. Just uh, one fight night uh, that's been announced for July 10th, a Frank Warren show at the Royal Albert Hall. Over here we have Lyndon Arthur returning to the ring um, and Anthony Yard returning to the ring. Not against each other, of course, but they're both having their first fight since the fight they had together. Um, Anthony Yard takes on 17-0 undefeated with 12 KOs. Emin Atra, that's a non-title fight over 10 rounds there. And Lyndon Arthur, 18-0, of course, takes on the undefeated 15-0 David Ferracci, who has got 7 KOs, an Italian um, fighter there. On the undercard, we get to see Archie Sharp. Again, his fight against... Um, I forgot the guy's... The guy's um, first name, but his surname Souza. Um, it was supposed to take place on the weekend, just gone on that Dubois undercard, but Souza pulled out with coronavirus, and he's going to be back as soon as July tenth. Also on the card, the twenty and O undefeated friend of the show, Zach Parker, ranked number one in the middleweight. Uh, is it in the super middleweight rankings I mean Uh, with the WBO he's on that card as well exciting stuff there Frank Warren card July the 10th if any other news develops from now to the end of the show I will mention it on the outro starting now with the preview part we're going to start here at the sports arena in Pico Rivera in California USA I don't know if you've heard about it or seen it Eddie but Who do you think is returning to the ring after 10 years out of it? I give you a clue. A Mexican legend.
2: 10 years? Yep. Marco Antonio Barrera? You got it. Marco Antonio
3: Barrera, 67 and 7, comes back in a six rounder against Jesus Soto Carras, who's 29 and 13 with four draws. Bizarre, right?
2: Wow,
3: that is crazy. Bizarre. That is, that's going down, that is. That's going down in California. Moving out now to Sinaloa, Mexico. A dangerous place over there. At uh, The Auditorio <laughs> Benito Juarez. Um, we have Jose Uskategui, 30-4. I'm not sure if the fight's still going ahead because he was... Penciled in to be boxing David Benavidez, I'm sure. I'm not sure what's going on there, because I think they're supposed to be boxing in September, and I've seen this fight pop up, so I'm not sure if he's having one before that or not, but it's not a good idea. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure if that's going ahead, but I'm letting people know it is listed. Moving out now to the Eagles Community Arena in Newcastle, United Kingdom. This one's going to be on Sky, one of Matram's last events on Sky, if not the last event on Sky, I can't think of their forthcoming um, schedule, but one of the last events. Um Let's start with the undercard. We've got Ellie Scottney two and zero against Vanessa Caballero, who's four and nine with three draws. You've got the return of Joe Laws. He's nine and one. He takes on Nesta Maradiaga, who's nine and ten with two draws. Actually, I think he's had a. No, I thought we had an opponent change. Maybe not. Elsewhere on the card, Solomon Dakers one and zero in a six rounder against Alvaro Torero, who's five and eleven with two draws. Um, Alan Babich gets gets in against Damian Chambers. No relation to Eddie. This man here, eleven and one, the heavyweight from um, from Preston, not far from Manchester, actually, Eddie. Uh, you didn't oh, wow. didn't have any you didn't have any uh, kids when you was over there, I don't think. <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. He, no, he's no, he's no, thirty no, no. he's thirty-two, so I don't think the math works out there. But anyways. Um also on the card Thomas Patrick Ward, 29 and zero with a draw in a ten rounder against Edie Valencia Mercado, who's seventeen and five with six draws. This honestly is one of the worst cards I've seen all year, by the way. Um, the only good thing about this this ED Macardo is he's got five losses never been stopped but then again Thomas Patrick Ward only four knockouts in 29 wins anyway so that one if there's a price on points that is free money there um and the main event Luis Ritson 21 and 1 steps in against Jeremias Nicolas Ponce who's 27 and 0 with 17 KOs the Argentinian the, the 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 highest rated Argentinian uh, fighter at 140. It's for the uh, well, it's it's an IBF super lightweight world title final eliminator. The winner of that fight there goes on to box. Well, certainly gets in line. Gets gets in that that long line of mandatories for Josh Taylor. Should he remain champion with all those belts, or will he drop one, or will he drop them all? We shall see. But yeah, Lewis Ritson, 21-1. All the best to him. It's over 12 rounds there. Not sure how good Ponce is. Like I say, 27-0 looks great, but you look down the record, no real noticeable names that jump out to me straight away. I'm going to do a little bit of homework on that. Could be an upset. We shall see. Moving out now to the final card. Uh, To mention, it takes place at the Virgin Hotels Las Vegas in Nevada, USA. Over here, and some people don't notice, if you're listening in the UK, Sky have now done a deal with Top Rank. So this fight will be live on Sky. Amazing for UK boxing fans that love the US cards. We're going to get all of Top Rank's content um, in in the subscription, of course. Um, So on this card, we're going to start with the undercard. A really good fight, actually. Between Jose Pedraza, who's one of my favorite fighters at 140, if he's still at that weight now, um, he takes on Julian Rodriguez, who's undefeated 21 and 0. Now, the thing about Pedraza is I've noticed he's an underdog for this fight, which is quite surprising to me. Um, you know, he's still a good fighter, you know, really good fighter. Julian Rodriguez, though you know, young, 26 years of age, 14 KOs. I think he was quite a decent amateur. He's the guy on the rise, and like I say, he's the he's the uh, the, the 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 favorite. Quite heavy, I think. I think he was quite heavy. So interesting stuff there, because I think Pedraza is certainly not done. Only got the three losses: Zapida, Lomachenko, uh, both of those on points as well, and then the other loss to Javante Davis. You know, when he became champion that night there. So. Yeah, really good fight. And the main event, of course, a really, really interesting one. I'm really looking forward to this one. We've got Shakur Stevenson, one of the most charismatic fighters in the sport. 15-0. It's for the WBO Interim World Super Featherweight title. Friend of the show, uh, Shakur Stevenson. He takes on the other friend of the show, the guy that was on a couple of weeks ago, the Namibian policeman and pub owner. Um, his record, 21-1, and Jeremiah Nakafila. Now, um, what I like about this is when I spoke to Nakafila, he, he made it clear that he's very, very confident. He expects to knock Shakur Stevenson out. He tells me it won't go the distance. Shakur won't hear the 12th round, he tells me. Um, big guy for the weight, 17 KOs in his 21 wins. His one loss came on the road in Russia, a majority decision to a Russian in Russia. You know what that means. So he still thinks he's undefeated. Um Could be really good. Could be really interesting because it's hard to get clips of Jeremiah Nakafila. He doesn't post much on social media. His nickname is Low Key. He says that he likes to keep things really secretive. He didn't even want to tell me the guys he sparred in the past. It's a big, big secret. So he is quite an unknown quantity, even to people that try to to get to know him. He's very secretive. Um, Like I say, massive for the weight. Um... Really big for the weight. And you've got Shakur Stevenson, who seems to be running around lately um, trying to do a Shannon Briggs to Jamel Herring. I think he turned up in the restaurant and tried to shout at him and stuff like that uh, when Jamel was Dude. eating his food. And his mind seems like it's in a different place. He wants to him fight. He cannot afford to overlook this guy here, even though he's a huge favorite, an absolute huge favorite. We shall see, though. Really looking forward to that one. It's basically two undefeated fighters fighting each other. There, um, one full of talent, the other huge unknown quantity. And he's hungry. He's from Namibia. It's um, it's it's a place that doesn't have much boxing success. He wants to do it um, and celebrate in his pub afterwards. I'm sure with his new belt. Let's see. Again, that's going to be shown live on Sky Sports Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So definitely set it up to tape, set it up to record if you're not going to stay up. If you're not a hardcore, I'll certainly be staying up. Um, But anyway, that's it for the preview part of the show. Like I say, in part one, we had the review part of the show. We had our first guest in part two. We've just done the news part and the preview part. The final thing for me to do is to welcome our second and final guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated lightweight prospect. It is, of course, Mr. Tyler Tomlin. Tyler, welcome to the show, my friend.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
3: Hey, It's absolutely my pleasure. It really is from London to Tennessee. So, Tyler, first off, um, tell me, myself, and, uh, you know, the listeners, a little bit about yourself just for those that may not know.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I've grown up in Cheatham County, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm 21 years old. I'm signed to Lou Debella and DiBella Entertainment. I'm 11-0 and 0 right now with seven knockouts and look to keep on climbing here shortly.
3: And I want to ask you this as well. Obviously, you've got the nickname Short Fuse. Do you have a particularly short fuse?
0: <laughs> definitely do have a short fuse. I'm not sure if you've ever seen me fight, but uh, it definitely comes into play. Sometimes not for the better. But that's <laughs> something that actually came around when I was an amateur. Fighting in some amateur tournaments and everything else. Anytime I'd get hit with a really good punch, you'd always get the same reaction. And that short fuse would come out. And uh, I'd say it's happened in my pro career as well. I've had a couple dirty fighters that kind of set off the short fuse. But slowly but surely, I'm trying to lengthen the fuse a little bit. sit sit back and use some of my boxing skills. And then when the time comes, let that fuse get lit. Hey,
3: I love that. That's a that's an excellent way to, 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 to answer the question. Um, I want to ask you this as well. Obviously, in the amateurs, I know you've been in there with the likes of, you know, some brilliant prospects like Lorenzo Simpson. I know yes, you've been sir. in with him. What are the other names that you boxed in the amateurs that we may have heard of, the bigger names?
0: Oh, man, I've fought uh, Omar Juarez, Lorenzo Simpson, like you had mentioned, uh, Gashad Elliott. there's just a number of guys that uh leon lawson was one of them uh, another pbc guy but uh fighting those guys in the amateurs you get all that experience we're all top level guys and uh we might not get to fight each other while you know in our careers when we're pros so uh it's just great to get that experience when you're an amateur
3: and not only that, but I'm sure since turning pro, you must have um, shared some rounds again with some bigger-name guys. Is there any names that you've sparred with, the bigger the bigger names?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're looking to do a lot more of that here soon, too. I know we have a trip to Vegas planned to go with some top guys out there. But I flew out to Houston with uh, Bobby Benton's gym, sparring guys like Austin Trout and Shaquille okay. Foster guys like that and uh a guy in my hometown named austin doulay he's about to have a big fight coming up i know he's in atlanta right now and uh training camp down there but we get some good rounds in and uh like i said in july we'll have some great sparring coming up i'm really excited for that
3: fantastic to hear brilliant um yeah i remember austin trout i think he was the first world champion i ever interviewed back in oh gosh Mm -hmm long time ago
0: now. Anyways. Yeah, we got some great rounds in. I think we yeah. went eight rounds down in Houston, so that was great. Excellent,
3: man. But back onto yourself, You've, like you say, you've got to 11-0, seven KOs. You've recently signed with with Lou Bella. I know you fought on his show last time out. I'm guessing you believe he's the right man to take your career to that next level, Tyler.
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, we had some great conversations beforehand, and that's what eventually led to us signing with him, of course. Uh, He wants to move me at the right speed, which I think is an important thing. Some young fighters just want it all right now. But being a prospect, I know I've got a lot of things to work on. I'm in the gym every day working on those. I've got everything it takes to be a world champion. But I just need to continue to sharpen my skills, and Lou knows that. So we're going to move at the right speed and eventually get to that title shot.
3: No, I quite like the partnership because, like I say, I'm I'm a fan of Lou DeBella. I think some people, obviously, mm-hmm. some people doesn't, you know, they don't like him. He's he's a straight shooter though. He tells it how it is. Yeah, um, I like that about him. You've got to like an honest man. Um, you've you've got to be probably one of the most active fighters in 2021. You've already had three fights this year, Tyler. I'm guessing you like that that activity.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, we've <laughs> been extremely active since we first started. Eleven fights in just over two years uh I, with that's with COVID so we had about a six month layoff there and then the next six months after that I think I fought five times in that six or seven month period which uh with COVID we just took every opportunity we could after that to fight and a lot of fighters can't say the same you know they have six month to a year layoffs haven't had a single fight and I am fighting five times in that period so being active is definitely something that we've been on top of
3: yeah five fights in 2020 and three already in 2021 um any idea on when your next fight will be just yet tyler
0: well we're still trying to figure that out with lou uh there have been a couple of dates bounced around a couple different locations but most of the dates have been in august so i've had a little time to rest i know rest for a boxer isn't necessarily resting i just did 16 rounds on sunday but uh we're not exactly in training camp yet, but uh, we'll be ready to go as always. If my phone rings and they want me to fight in two weeks, I'll be ready to go. But it looks like August is going to be the month.
3: Okay, August. Okay, and um, I want to ask you this as well because you you know America is such a huge place. The United States, you have got mm-hmm. you know guys all over the place in all different states. They've got great fighters. Do you kind of have like a like an ambition of? maybe where you want to fight? Do you want to, like, I don't know, sell out a stadium one day in Tennessee? Do you want to top a bill one one day in Las Vegas? Do you want to fight at Madison Square Garden? What is, like, the biggest dream of yours to, you know, to fight? Where Where is the biggest dream of yours to fight at?
0: Well, I would say Bridgestone Arena right here in Nashville, but I did get the opportunity to fight there already. So the next big one for us is going to be MGM. That's something me and my dad have talked about for a long time. If I could get to the MGM and sell that out, that would just be a dream come true.
3: Yeah, amazing. And that 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 uh, fight that you mentioned there, where you fought with the bridge the Bridgestone, that was on the mm-hmm. plant Feigenbutz on the card.
0: Yes, it was. And uh, Caleb looks like he's gonna get that Canelo fight, which is great for him. Uh, that's somebody we actually worked with when I was very young. Him and his father. So that was great to fight on such a stage together.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Caleb, been on the show a couple of times. Real real, real cool guy. Um, I want to ask you this as well. Is there anyone that you look up to? Sometimes fighters like to say, no, I don't look up to anyone. You know, I'm my own man. But is there anyone that you feel you look up to?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. There's just so many guys right now <laughs> that are, have such high-level boxing. Obviously, Caleb being one of them, uh, having that relation, then maybe like a Tyson Fury, guy, just guys that are such amazing people at the same time, uh, Terrence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao, he's been doing it forever, and the fight he's got coming up with Earl Spence. Just any of the top-level boxers right now, I watch everything they do. Cause I'm, I have no ego about it. You know, I'm always trying to pick up new things, me and my father both, so we watch everybody, look up to everybody and it helps us improve our game by doing that.
3: Yeah, and it's it's a way to stay grounded. It's a way to remain uh, you know humble, not get ahead of yourself, which is obviously very important mm-hmm. at this stage. Um I want to put you on the spot a little bit now for this next question. It's a question that we like Uh-oh. to ask. <laughs> we like to ask everyone from overseas, Tyler. Um you let it slip there that you like Tyson Fury. So this might be an easy question for you, but who yeah. is your favorite UK fighter of all time oh, can be man. a guy that retired a hundred years ago. You make the rules. Who 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 springs to mind?
0: Oh, definitely Tyson Fury being one of the most recent ones. Yeah. Uh, isn't Josh Taylor from over there? Yes, the guy. In yes, sir. My weight class. Josh Taylor is a guy that looked great in his last fight. Really look up to him. Uh, then and Hatton. Hatton's from over there. I know his son. Yeah is climbing the ranks right now which is cool to watch.
3: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Real popular answers obviously a lot of people say um you know the likes of Hatton and you know Tyson Fury. Yeah. A lot of people he's like marmite people love him people hate him and um <laughs> and yeah, Josh Taylor another. Yeah, probably one of our best fighters right now from from the UK.
0: Oh yeah, pound for pound guy in my opinion. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think he's definitely you uh, he can phrase his his, uh, his name in that hat now with that with that most recent win. Mm-hmm. And just finally, Tyler, before we wrap it up, if you've got any closing words, you know, in particular to the UK people that will be listening to this, if you've got any closing words, and also, do not forget to give out your social media handles. Where can people follow you?
0: Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook, of course, at my athlete page, Tyler Short Tomlin. My Instagram and my Twitter both are underscore Ty Tomlin. And just a huge shout-out to all the U.K. fans and, of course, you for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you and continue to uh, maybe build that fan base in the U.K. Hopefully one day I'll get to fight over there. I'd love to actually go there in person and see some of y'all.
3: Absolutely. We'd love to see you uh, fight over here, I'm sure. And it's great to make the connection with you for sure. But listen, Tyler, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. I truly mean that. Thank you for your time, and I'm sure we'll speak again soon.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it again soon. Thank you so much, Joey.
3: Okay, and this wraps up episode 295 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our two guests on this week's podcast, the reigning and undefeated WBA super lightweight world champion Mario Barrios, and the undefeated lightweight prospect Mr. Tyler Tomlin. The biggest thanks of all though goes out to you, the listeners. There has been one or two pieces of news break whilst we've been recording the show. MTK Global have announced a card that they're putting together for June 25th in Bolton. That card, by the way, will feature um, some great fights. I really like what they're doing here. The first fight I'm going to talk about is Jay Harris against his opponent, Ricardo Sandoval, who's 18-1. and That's an IVF flyweight title eliminator. Obviously, the winner will be in line to take on the champion, Sonny Edwards. Elsewhere on the card, we get to see Hosea Burton against Liam Conroy. We get to see Paul Butler against Joseph Agbeko. And also on the card, a few other names. Jordan Reynolds, Gary Cully, uh, Tyrone McCulloch, um, Inder Bassi, which I believe is the Muslim fighter trained under Amir Khan or somewhat mentored by Amir Khan that's it for that one and the other piece of news that I have is that Eddie Hearn has announced that he'll be partnering up with Canelo and Canelo's trainer Eddie Reynoso to promote fights in Mexico the first of four events that they'll be putting on will be Julio Cesar Martinez defending his WBC flyweight crown against Joel Cordova that's going to be on June 26th the other events will be announced in due time but that's about everything from myself enjoy your weekends people stay safe and we shall see See you all again next week.